right. Now you can take a seat. Now you can take a seat. It's exciting to know that we are here on purpose, not by accident. God has brought us together to share his truth with us, which is for us, and for those he's going to place around us this week. So this means we are in the right place, and we are with the right people, and we are going to hear the right words from God as he speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through the teaching of his holy word before us. As always, God wants us to live what we learn from his word. God wants us to be doers of his word and not just hearers only. So let's open our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, the third chapter of 1 Thessalonians as we continue in our study of this fantastic letter Paul wrote to the believers in the church in Thessalonica. Paul's words to these believers years ago are true for us today. I want us to review for just a few minutes the truth that God shared with us a couple of weeks ago when we uh, studied the first five verses of chapter 3 uh, in 1 Thessalonians. This will be familiar to many of you as we went in depth in these verses a couple of weeks back. Paul wrote these words, Therefore, when we could no longer stand it, we thought it was better to be left alone in Athens. Remember, I'm just trying to set our minds right so we can receive what God has for us. Paul, Silas, and Timothy were concerned about the spiritual growth and well-being of the believers in the church in Thessalonica because of the persecution and opposition the believers in the church in Thessalonica were facing for their faith and trust in Jesus. Also, their faith in Christ was a young faith. They had just planted the church. It was a young faith. And so Paul, Silas, and Timothy were concerned about these believers after they had uh, been removed from these believers. And so Paul said, when we could no longer stand not knowing how you were doing, we agreed to leave Paul alone in Athens. We're getting the background here in chapter 3 to this entire letter of 1 Thessalonians. And so he continued and said in verse 2, And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you concerning your faith. So Paul, Silas, and Timothy agreed that Timothy would be sent back to Thessalonica to check on the believers in Thessalonica because they could no longer stand not knowing what was going on with them. Timothy was sent back to Thessalonica to strengthen and encourage the believers in the church there in Thessalonica in their faith and trust in Jesus. Paul identified Timothy as God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ. Remember, we said gospel means good news. The gospel of Christ, therefore, is the good news that we can receive forgiveness of sins and enter into a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We can know God personally through faith in Christ. We receive the gospel of Christ personally, and we share the gospel of Christ passionately day by day. He continued in verse 3, and he said, we sent him to encourage, to strengthen and encourage you concerning your faith so that no one will be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that when we were, we were appointed to this, in fact, when we were with you, we told you in advance we were going to experience affliction, and as you know, it happened. Timothy was sent back to Thessalonica 
because Paul didn't want even one believer to be shaken, disturbed, or led away from their faith in God due to the afflictions and trials they were facing because of their faith in God through Christ Jesus. And so he reminded them here in this verse 4, Paul reminded them of how when they were with them, they told them, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, when they were with the believers in Thessalonica for that short period of time, he reminded them of how they told the believers in Thessalonica that afflictions were going to come, that they would experience afflictions, not just Paul, Silas, and Timothy, but the believers in Thessalonica themselves. And he said, as in fact, they did come and you are experiencing these afflictions. So he was reminding them of what they had said to them when they were with them in regards to afflictions. Paul said, for this reason, when I could no longer stand it, I also sent him to find out about your faith, fearing that the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be for nothing. So Paul told the believers in Thessalonica, not only did we send Timothy back to you to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, but also to check on your faith and make sure that the tempter Satan had not tempted you to turn away from your faith in God because of the trials and afflictions you were facing in regards to your faith. Paul said, if Satan had succeeded in leading any of these believers away from their faith in God through his tactics and schemes, Paul said then he, Silas, and Timothy's ministry to them would have been for nothing. Their labor, their ministry, their service, their encouragement, their teaching, their preaching, their love would have been for nothing, meaning it would have been in vain. It would have been fruitless if Satan had succeeded in turning them away from their faith in God. So we know, as we've shared all the way through, and we'll see again here in this passage, Timothy loved these, uh, Paul, Silas, and Timothy loved these believers. Uh, Timothy loved them enough to go back to them. They were concerned about them. And specifically, they were concerned that, that these young believers in the faith would not be turned away from God because of the trials and afflictions that were coming their way. You know, trials and afflictions are challenging for mature believers in faith in Christ Jesus. I mean, it's a challenge for many who have lived out their faith in Christ for many years to continue walking by faith in the midst of afflictions and trials and challenges and difficulties. Even more so for those who were young in the faith. And so this is what Paul was sharing with these believers. A little bit of the background. We'll continue with the background of verse 6. But now Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and love. He reported that you always have good memories of us and that you long to see us as we also long to see you. What a great passage, Paul said. But now Timothy has come to us from you. Quick background. Paul sent Timothy to Thessalonica from Athens. Paul sent Silas into Macedonia, most likely Philippi, from Athens. Paul sent these guys to these towns, these cities, to check on the believers in the churches there in those cities. Paul continued to minister without them alone, without them in Athens for a period of time. While they were traveling to their destinations to fulfill their call that God had sent them on through Paul's assignment, Paul continued to minister in Athens. After a period of time, Paul left Athens and Paul traveled to Corinth. 
Upon coming to Corinth, Paul knew that God wanted him to minister there in Corinth, that he would plant a church in Corinth that we read about in 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And so Paul began ministering in Corinth. Upon arriving in Corinth, Paul met a guy by the name of Aquila and his wife Priscilla, and they were tent makers just like Paul. And so upon meeting Aquila and Priscilla, believers in Christ Jesus, tent makers, Paul knew, hey, I got a lot in common with these folks. And so Paul stayed with them at their house, and he worked with them there in Corinth while he continued to minister in Corinth, as is the case in most of Paul's ministry. Paul immediately, upon arrival in Corinth, he began ministering in the synagogue as he taught the Jews the word of God, as he taught them that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, as he taught them that the only way to enter into a relationship with God is by faith and trust in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so as Paul was ministering in Corinth, Timothy and Silas returned to him. If you turn to your left, in Acts chapter 18, you find the background of what I just summarized at the end of chapter 17 and at the beginning of chapter 18. I'm just going to read verse 5 of Acts chapter 18. Luke wrote these words, When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself to preaching the word and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. If you look up in verse 1, you'll see where we're at right now. After this, Paul left Athens and went to where? Corinth. He went to Corinth. So we see now Thessalonica and Philippi were cities in Macedonia. Macedonia was the northern province of Greece. Corinth was a city in Ahia. Ahia was the southern province of Greece at the far southern end. So once Timothy was finished checking on the believers in Thessalonica, once Timothy finished ministering to the believers in Thessalonica where God through Paul had sent him. Once he finished that, then Timothy came to Paul and met up with Paul in Corinth. And it was in Corinth where Timothy gave Paul the report about the believers in Thessalonica. We also find that, as a side note, Silas had also returned from Philippi, and he had returned down and met up with Timothy and Paul in Corinth. And we know he gave Paul a report about where he had been. Specific to our study here, Timothy gave Paul a report about the believers in Thessalonica. After Paul met with Timothy there in Corinth, and after he heard all that Timothy had to say to him about the believers in Thessalonica, Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians that we hold in our hands in the scriptures this morning. He wrote 1 Thessalonians that was then delivered back to the believers of the church in Thessalonica. And so we get a chance to study this truth together this morning. And so we see Paul said, but now Timothy has come to us from you. We understand that and brought us good news about your faith and love. Timothy's report to Paul about the believers in Thessalonica was full of good news. Say good news. Good news. It was full of good news. You know what good news means? Write this down if you're taking notes. Good news means good news. 
what it means. Everybody loves good news. We prefer good news to bad news. It's like the father who got his young son's report card. Grades were terrible. And the father said, well, son, the good news is with grades like this, you can't possibly be cheating. We know. We know that we love to hear good news. Good news in the original Greek language is from the word euangelizo. And euangelizo means evangelize. It means to announce good news to others. In the New Testament, when this word is used, euangelizo or euangelion, it is normally, usually used to describe the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, of how salvation is available to all through faith in Jesus, to all who will believe in Jesus, repent of their sins, and receive Jesus by uh, faith and trust in him. There are a couple of passages in the New Testament where this word in the Greek that we translate good news simply means just good news. It doesn't refer to the preaching and teaching of the gospel message. It just simply means good news. One of those two passages is right here. It's in this verse. So what Paul told these believers in Thessalonica was simply this. When Timothy came to us from you, he shared with us the good news. He announced the good tidings, the good news to us about you. And specifically, he shared with us what this good news was focused on, the good news about your faith and love. The good news, number one, was the believers in Thessalonica were standing firm in their faith in Christ Jesus. They were standing strong in their faith in Jesus. They had not been turned away from the enemy's tactics and temptations. They had not turned away from their faith in God. Their faith in God was sincere and genuine. The good news that Paul was able to hear from Timothy about the believers of Thessalonica, first and foremost, focused on their faith. Their faith in God in Thessalonica was sincere and genuine. Secondly, the good news was the believers in Thessalonica demonstrated the sincerity and the genuineness of their faith by their love. They were demonstrating that their faith was genuine by the way in which they loved God, number one, and loved others. You see, the believers of Thessalonica loved God, Paul, Silas, Timothy, and one another. The truth of the matter is simply this. Since their vertical relationship with God was in place, their horizontal relationships with one another were in place. These believers had a strong faith in God. The afflictions, the trials, the tests, the persecution, the opposition wasn't moving their faith one bit. And not only did they have a faith in God, they weren't keeping quiet with it. They weren't trying to hide it. No, they were demonstrating it loud and clear by the way in which they were loving God and one another. By the way in which they loved Paul, Silas, and Timothy, which Timothy shared with Paul the good news of their faith and love for them. And so we know and understand this simple truth, and we're going to talk about this a whole lot more as we transition through chapter 3 and into chapter 4. 
But we know that we demonstrate, we show God the sincerity of our faith in him. We show God the genuineness of our faith and trust in him. We show God we know we are his kids by the way in which we love him and love one another. Jesus told us himself, the greatest commandment in all the laws, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Jesus told us we show that we are his disciples. We show all people that we are his disciples by loving one another as he has loved us. Jesus loved us with an agape love. That love is a selfless, sacrificial, unconditional, other-centered love that gives and gives and gives and gives and never stops giving. This love is a fruit of the Spirit. That means God produces this love, agape love, in us by his Holy Spirit, in us as we follow him by faith day by day, as we walk in the Spirit and not the flesh, as we depend and rely on Christ Jesus and his power at work in our lives. And the more we know really should be indicated, not in what we say, but in what we show. Because we can say all kinds of things to make ourselves sound good, look good. We can post all kinds of things nowadays to make ourselves sound good and look good. But what's the true test? Well, I'll tell you what the true test is to the Father. He's told us in his word. The true test is don't say it, show it. Show it. By this, all people will know you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. So we know as well today, when our vertical relationship with God is healthy, our horizontal relationships with one another will be healthy in Christ Jesus. We know today that we demonstrate the sincerity of our faith in God by how we love. By how we love, not only God, but how we love one another specifically. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But also how we love all those that God places around us. And so we see, Paul said, but now Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and love. He reported that you always have good memories of us. And that you long to see us as we also long to see you. This is so good. Paul here hears from Timothy. And Timothy told Paul, he said, hey, Paul, guess what? Whenever the believers in Thessalonica think about you and Silas and me, they always have good memories of us, which means they always think kindly of us. So when Paul, we've already learned this, when Paul thought about the believers in Thessalonica, he thanked God for the believers because he loved the believers. He prayed to God for the believers because he loved the believers. Now we're finding out that when the believers in Thessalonica thought about Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they were filled with good memories about them. They always thought kindly towards Paul, Silas, and Timothy. So now we can say without a shadow of doubt, when Paul, Silas, Timothy, and the believers in Thessalonica thought about one another, those separated by many, many miles, a smile crossed their face, a prayer came to their lips, and love filled their hearts. It was their good memories 
of them and their love for them that produced in all of them a desire to see one another again. They longed to see one another. Paul, Silas, Timothy, they longed to be reunited with the believers in Thessalonica. The believers in Thessalonica longed to be reunited with Paul, Silas, and Timothy. You know, people think differently today about reunions. I'm sure if we did a poll here, took a poll here in our congregation this morning, there would be a wide variance of uh, opinions about reunions. Some people love going to their family reunions or their high school class reunions. Some people just love reconnecting with extended family members they've not seen for a long time, finding out how things are going with friends they went to high school with years and years and years ago, while other people would rather watch paint dry or have a root canal than go to a family reunion or to a high school class reunion. I mean, you've, <laughs> you've got the wide spectrum of amens on both ends. And I would imagine at all points in between. What do we know here in this passage? I'll tell you what we know for sure. The desire for a reunion was mutual among Paul, Silas, Timothy, and the believers in Thessalonica. They longed to get back together again to spend time together, to break bread together, to get in the Word together, to express their love for one another. See, they were expressive. Man, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and these believers, they didn't hold anything back. They were expressive with one another when they were in person. They were expressive with one another when they were separated in their letters to one another, in the communication with one another through Timothy. They were expressive. They didn't hold anything back in the ways in which they communicated with one another, which is a great Example for us to follow. We continue in verse 7. Therefore, Paul said, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and affliction, we were encouraged about you through your faith. They said, therefore, therefore pointed us back to Timothy's report of good news to Paul and how the believers in Thessalonica always had good memories of them. Therefore, based upon the report, based upon the good memories, Paul said, therefore, brothers and sisters, once again, brothers and sisters, as a reminder from Paul, which he is apt to do in all of his writings, especially here in 1 Thessalonians, as his reminder to the believers in Thessalonica that they were members of God's family, that they were, in fact, brothers and sisters by their faith and trust in Christ Jesus. Paul said, therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and affliction. Distress literally means difficulties, hardships, troubles. Affliction means persecution. It means tribulation. What Paul was doing was reminding them and reaffirming to them that he, Silas, and Timothy faced afflictions and distress and trials and persecution and hardship and opposition as they fulfilled God's calling on their lives just like the believers in Thessalonica. And now Paul has said to them, he says here in verse 7, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and affliction, we were encouraged. We were encouraged about you through your faith. Paul said, listen, brothers and sisters in Thessalonica, he told these believers in this letter as he was writing these words, we want you to know we were comforted. We were encouraged when we were heard the word from Timothy, that you were standing firm in your faith in Jesus. 
It is so powerful. It is such a blessing when we receive word from brothers and sisters in Christ who we are connected with and at times even who we have been separated from when we hear from them and when we receive word that they're standing firm in their faith in Jesus. Paul went on to emphasize this even more in verse 8. Look what Paul said. For now we live. Say that with me. For now we live. If you stand firm in the Lord, live here means to be alive, to breathe, to enjoy life. Get the desperation, get the emphasis, get the emotion, get the passion here. It is in the present tense, live is in the present tense, which means it's a daily continual reminder. So what Paul is saying here is when we heard the news from Timothy, the good news from Timothy, that you were growing and standing firm in your faith and love in Christ Jesus, it gave us life. It gave us breath. It gave us great joy. Paul told these believers as he was writing this letter to them, he said, when we heard the news of your faith and how you were standing firm in your faith in Jesus, when Timothy shared this news with us, it was like a breath of fresh air filling our lungs. It was like music to our ears. It was the best news we could have ever received. It was the fulfillment of our hope. It was the answer to our prayers. You see, notice the contrast in the passage of 1 Thessalonians that we've studied from chapter 1 up until now. Paul, Silas, and Timothy went from not knowing how the believers were doing in their faith and trust in Christ Jesus, which was creating concern in their lives, great concern, to now they were rejoicing together because they knew that they knew that they knew that the believers in Thessalonica were growing and standing firm in their faith and trust in Christ Jesus. What a change of emotion, what a change of feelings, what a change of passion here within Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They didn't know, but now they know. And they are enjoying life, he said. For now we live. We have life. We have breath in our lungs. We are enjoying life now because we know that you've not turned away from your faith in Christ Jesus. The believers in Thessalonica were standing firm in their faith in God and showing the love of God. Note this, by the power of God at work in them. Please note that it was the power of God at work in them that enabled them to do that, just as it's the same power of God that's at work in us that allows us to stand firm in our faith in God and to show the love of God to those he places around us. Understand, human power does not work. Doesn't work. God's power by the presence of his Holy Spirit within our lives works. Works every single time. So here's what Paul said. For now we live if you stand firm in the Lord. He said, listen, brothers and sisters, we were comforted. We were encouraged to keep standing firm in the Lord in the affliction and trials we are facing because we heard how you were standing firm in the trials you were facing. We want you to know brothers and sisters in Thessalonica, that we have been encouraged by you to endure in our faith in Christ Jesus because you are enduring in your faith in Christ Jesus. And now we know. This is 
such an awesome blessing. You see, good news, good news from our brothers and sisters in Christ encourage us today. Amen? Good news from our brothers and sisters in Christ encourage us today. Listen, good news about our brothers and sisters in Christ encourage us today. Amen? When we hear good news from and about our brothers and sisters in Christ, those we know and love, those we're praying for, it blesses us, fills us with life. We're able to say, now we live because we know you're standing firm in the Lord. Let's watch this video for just a moment. Father God, right now we stop and we join together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus presenting these requests to you. Father God, we pray uh, that you would give Jake and Ginger and the ministry partners around them the wisdom and the understanding and the love that they need to minister to the Muslim folks that are around them. God, the, the center that's open. Father God, we pray that you would bless them and give them pathways of peace to communicate the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ to those that you placed around them. Father God, I pray for Jake and his fellow minister as they meet with the five men in a discipleship group from other churches. God, I pray that you would continue to pour your truth through Jake and this other brother into these five men so that they might continue to lead not only their families, but the churches in that area, Father God, uh, for the glory of your name. And Father, we pray for the two churches that Jake and Ginger are being a part of and are attending. God, we pray that you would continue blessing those churches. We pray that you would continue doing your work in those churches. God, we pray that you would continue encouraging those churches and the members of those churches to receive sound doctrine, Father God, to be able to know what is your will, your plan for their lives. And Father God, that they would 
would turn away from truth, from, or turn away from myths and fables, and to receive the truth of your word, Father God, so that they may live it out in their day-to-day lives. Father God, we pray uh, for their language learning, for Jake, Ginger, and Timber's language learning. God, we pray that you would uh, equip and enable them to learn the language quickly so that they can continue ministering in the gospel of Jesus Christ to those you've placed around them. And Father, we just thank you that we are comforted this morning and we are encouraged this morning to continue pursuing you because we have heard from our brothers and sisters who are pursuing you, Father God, a long way away from us. We pray that your glory would shine forth uh, in Lesotho and Maseru uh, through Jake, Ginger, and Timber, just as your glory is shining through us here and our church family. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen, amen. All right, so application. What does God want us to do with our lives this week? What is, what is our application point? How do we apply this word in our lives from this passage? I got one word of application, believe it or not, one word of application uh, that will be applied in two ways. Number one, the word, the simple word, one word of application is invest. Invest. I'm going to ask you to apply it in two ways. Number one, if we're going to apply the truth here that we found in this passage, we need to invest in our relationship with God. Invest in your relationship with God. We need need to spend time with the Father God in his word and in prayer so that we can continue growing in our faith in God. We must invest in our relationship with God. That means we must surrender our schedules. We must surrender our lives to spend time with the Father. Jesus, the Son of God, modeled this for us during his earthly life and ministry. Jesus, as you know, made time to get alone with God the Father, to pray and to talk and to commune with God the Father. We know if time alone with God was a priority to Jesus, time alone with God must be a priority for you and me today. It must be a priority. That's why Jesus encouraged us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto us. Get the first day started off the right way. Get your day focused on the Father. Seek him first and watch how he takes care of everything else that's going on in, around, and through your life. Paul encouraged us in Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Paul challenged us, don't allow this world to conform and to mold you into its shape, its way of thinking, and its way of living. Don't allow the messages, don't allow the philosophies, don't allow the thoughts of this world, don't allow the values of this world to mold and shape you into its image. Why? Because as John told us, this world is under the sway and influence of the evil one, Satan. And it is completely counter to what Scripture teaches. Paul said, instead, don't be conformed into the shape of the world, but be transformed by God. Allow God to shape you and mold you into the shape of Jesus Christ, into the thinking of Jesus Christ, into the feeling of Jesus Christ, so that you can have the same attitude as that of Christ, so that you can live like Christ. Be transformed by God into the image of Jesus by renewing your minds on the truth of God's word. You see, God helps us to think and feel and act his ways as we spend time with him in his word and in prayer. 
And as we get in his word and spend time in prayer, he begins to transform us from the inside out. And he shapes us into the image of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, we're going to invest. That's what Paul, Silas, Timothy, and the believers in Thessalonica were doing. First and foremost, they were investing in the relationship with God. Secondly, invest in your relationships with one another. Invest in your relationships with one another. Listen, Paul, Silas, Timothy, and the believers in Thessalonica invested in their relationships with one another. They did not hold back from one another. They told one another how they felt about one another. When they were with one another and when they were separated from one another, they told one another how they felt about one another. Why? Because they knew it was important not only to invest in the relationship with God, but to invest in the relationships with one another, the people of God, the brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We must invest in our relationships with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. You see, we are family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ and we need each other. That's the point we see, one of the many application points, one of the many implications of this passage, and we'll touch on it as we continue to go, is we need each other. That's what's streaming out here. We need God, and we need one another. We invest in our relationships with one another as we bless one another, as we check on one another, as we comfort one another, as we encourage one another, as we forgive one another, as we love one another, as we minister to one another, as we pray for one another, as we pray with one another, as we thank God for each other. You see, we invest in our relationships with one another as we open up and as we pour words of blessing and love and encouragement into one another, just as Paul, Silas, Timothy, and the believers in Thessalonica were doing. We need to open up and we need to get transparent and vulnerable. And we need to demonstrate that our faith is genuine by the way in which we love one another. And loving one another means showing that love through our actions, but also loving one another means speaking words of love to one another. You see, we need to open up and share with one another. Your encouragement inspires me to encourage. Your forgiveness inspires me to forgive. Your grace to others that I see you showing inspires me to show grace to others. Your perseverance in your trials inspires me to persevere in my trials. Your growth in Jesus inspires me to grow in Jesus. Your hope in Jesus inspires me to hope in Jesus. Your love for Jesus inspires me to love Jesus. Your trust in Jesus inspires me to trust Jesus. Your witness for Jesus inspires me to witness for Jesus. You see, we got to get transparent. We got to go first. We got to take the initiative and we must not only walk in that faith, but we show it through our love for one another. Show it. Don't save it. What are we saving it for? What do we know this morning? I'll tell you what we know. We know that trials and difficulties and afflictions are a part of our lives. We know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's no question about that. We all know that. We also know that we're not guaranteed this afternoon. We also know we're family. And we also know what God pours into us. He wants it to go through us to those he places around us, beginning with one another. So what are we waiting for? I mean, it's just a real simple question. What are we waiting for? Well, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel weird. I think they'll get over it. I don't think love and encouragement and blessing feels weird. I think the power of the Holy Spirit unleashes 
life, breath, joy. Paul said, for now, we live. We live. Because we know you're growing in your faith. Investing in our relationship with God starts by receiving God's gift of salvation by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And it continues day by day as we grow in our faith in Christ Jesus by spending time with God, by investing in our relationship with him. Investing in our relationships with one another starts right now. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come.